What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 89. What's going on? I'm Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. And unlike previous editions, we can we can pick someone tonight. We have an addition. All right, hit well, me. We, we, we could have picked up someone yesterday, but or last week, but it would have been Brendan Davidson. And who cares uh, about no. Tank God Brendan Davidson? Yeah, no, I want to forget that existed. So you got your pick of two players for episode number 89. You can either take Mike Comrie, Hillary Duff's beau. Okay. Or Corey Conacher, who I totally wow. forgot played for the Islanders. A John Tavares winger, no? Uh, sure, I'm going to give you that one. I don't know. He has one game played in his NHL career. No, that doesn't make any sense. Why is it only... Oh, this year. Sorry, I read this year. He played 15 games for the Islanders and put up three points. I'm pretty sure that was a John Tavares experiment. Um, I'm going to go Mike Comrie. Good old Comrie. Uh, I forget how productive he was. Let's bring that up here. Uh, he played two seasons with that number. Um, I think just two seasons anyways. Uh, he played 117 games with 69 points. Good job, Mike Comrie. He had a good 49-point season in 07-08. Forgot about how productive he was there. Yeah, he was one of the few bright spots on that era. Yeah, so you know, good old, good old Mike Comrie. Um, you asked me how I'm doing. How are you doing? Um, good because my esophagus isn't burning like someone else's. <laughs> it's not my esophagus. It's like heartburn type of thing. It's like right between the. Oh, I only know the French word. The omoplate. No, omoplate on the back. My cage thoracic. So my rib cage. What do you call it? Okay, yeah, your ribs. That's a, that's a thing. Sure, the, the rib cage, not the just the the cage itself. So right where it meets in like the middle diaphragm. So sure, like right in there. It's just oh, someone lit a fire in there. I, I blame the hot sauce on them on my pizza. I think I put way too much hot sauce on my pizza today. <laughs> See, it's funny because if you follow both of us on Twitter. Me, Matt O'Leary, and Y Mitch at TLO Mitch, we have a little thing going back and forth about pizza. Mitch likes some weird concoctions. He's going with the hot sauce on his pizza. He got his kids doing it. I, I wanted to make some kind of joke about the video, but I couldn't. I'm just saying answering you in French was just too adorable. <laughs> they only speak to me in French. They, uh, they only asked, know me as a French person. But you asked them in English, which was kind of funny. That's just it because they don't, they don't compute the other way around. They can't answer me in English because they're only used to speaking to me in French. Really? But they understand yeah. what you're saying. Yep. Yeah, they understand both languages perfectly fine. Wow, they're smarter than I am, and they're what four and two. <laughs> I don't know. The other one just pooped their pants earlier today, so. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> she is only two. <laughs> yeah. Okay. See. Uh, so there we go. Um, interesting stuff there on the pizza debate. I know you guys. That's what the reason why you come to listen to us is our hot takes on pizza. Um, so yeah, are you all right? 
my fly has been undone all day. I just realized <laughs> right now. Hot start for Mitch Anderson on the oh. podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My wife goes away for a day. She's gone for two days to Toronto for a teacher conference, and everything falls apart here. It flies open. I'm dying of hot sauce intake. Oh, yeah. boy. Mr. Mom over there is not having a good day. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. My kids were good, and I'm having a nice hoppy beer, so yay me. All right. Good for Mitch. Glad he's having some fun with the kids. Uh, I'm doing pretty good, except for I'm a little nervous about the Islanders. I wouldn't say worried. What? Okay. I'm nervous, though. There's multiple stages here. Remember the Brock meter? Yeah, I remember okay. very well. So... If you like crank it all the way up, that's like hashtag cancel. Like well, that's it. In between that is like worried. Then there's nervous, and then there's neutral. I'm between neutral and worried, which is nervous. Okay. All right. So that's what a DefCon four, right? Because it goes backwards. Yeah, DefCon one's the worst, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll, I think I'll get a four, sure, or a five. I don't know. We, I know we looked it up before. Let's just go with this, and someone can correct us later. Uh, so okay, so what's making you so nervous? Not so nervous, but what is making you nervous? Um, so in the first two games of this series, obviously the Islanders are in a O two hole. They have not done the best of jobs finding the net. Okay. And I'm afraid that it could continue against a very good defensive team. So, okay. Um, we break down each game. I don't, we won't get into breaking down the games itself, but we break down each game right after they're done on our Patreon. So if you haven't gone yet, go to our Patreon. And after every single New York Islanders game, we will record a podcast. And going into the summer, we'll even record other podcasts. We'll do deep dives on whatever. We'll go and rewatch old games from even this season and talk about them. So we won't go and talk about the games themselves, but as in like sparse them out. But if you go and look back at those two games, the Islanders were the better team. And even offensively, look, they had 21 high danger chances for a five on five across both games. They had 42 across four games against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like they're creating chances. They're just not, like you said, burying them, but they're coming like so close. It's it's. I haven't looked at the number yet, but I would imagine it's a, it's a bad PDO for the Islanders. I would think so. I, I'm not really big into those numbers, but I would I would assume that it's not looking too good right now. So they like, looked rather unlucky. Because if we just remember, even game two, and I'm not even thinking about the posts yet. We can get to the posts or the crossbars that they hit later. Um, but there's the Scott Mayfield chance. I think that was the first one, right? Chronologically, no. But that's okay. Was it the Leo Komarov one then? No, but that's okay. Anthony Beauvillier. Oh well, they see that that again. Like you corrected me the other day uh, when it when actually happened, uh, he actually didn't get a shot off. So if you look at at the play that the, um, I forget who passes on the puck. I'm going to say it's Komarov from behind the net passes it, and and Bo tries to take it from his skate to his stick, but he fumbles it from his stake uh, his skate. And then just loses it completely. And I, I don't know if it's DeHaan or Walmart gets a stick on it. And, and he just whiffs oh, it completely. No, I thought you were talking about before that, the pass from right to left. And he gets a stick on it in the crease. Oh, you're right. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah, that's how I thought you were. That's the first one. Oh, you're right. That one. Oh, that's a Scott Mayfield pass across the seam. And he's got his stick open. On the other side of the net, ready, ready for it, and I don't know how. It, like you said uh, during the the post game, we don't know how it didn't go in the net, but it didn't go in, and that that's that's one golden opportunity. Then there's a Scott Mayfield coming from behind the net. Somehow it doesn't get any wood on the on the puck whatsoever. It's like you, the when I watch that, I think of those dreams that you have when you're running, but you're not actually moving. Oh, I hate those. Those frustrate the hell out of me. Exactly. That's how I felt when I saw that Scott Mayfield chance because you're going, come on, just it's so close that you could just kind of you're trying to like push it in yourself when you're looking at the screen. Um, So there was that. There's two. And then there's a Leo Komarov chance. And I I forget who passes him the puck. Again, it's a cross seam one. It's Bo, eh? Mm -hmm. Bo puts way too much mustard on it, I guess. I I don't I, I. I don't think that that's a fair criticism to make of someone. If you're going to make a pass, you put as much weight as you can on it to get it across. Uh, and Leo Komarov just couldn't handle it. Oh, no, no, no. He he shot it very much wide. 
Well, he like he tries to stop it, or he tries to get a handle on the puck, and he you know, oh flubs it, and then he shoots it wide because it's it's now in front of him, and he's he's too slow to get get to it. True. So that's three that they should have buried. In any other any other chances, they should have buried those. Any other chances, any other day, they should have buried those three. And then you have the crossbars. So there's Ryan Pulak at the death, right off the crossbar from the blue line. Perfect shot, should have gone in, didn't. And then there's Jordan Eberle from in tight crossbar again. Like that's five opportunities. Just 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 game two. That is only game two. So they're creating their chances. They're just not getting them. Like they're not burying them. I should say. Yeah. But so that's that, why I'm not worried. Isn't that part of the problem though? Like, I don't know. That just feels so. Like ah, oh, you're almost there. You you almost figured out the cure for cancer, but you just couldn't get over the hump. No, it was like you knew what the cure for cancer was, but you like you kept missing, like injecting a genome with something. I, I don't know how the cure for cancer way, would ever work. But bad well. analogy because I shouldn't have picked science because that's <laughs> way out of my comfort zone. But I feel like it's only they're only doing half of the execution. So le- I brought up PDO before. Let's look at their numbers here. Their PDO from the four games against Pittsburgh was 109, 105, 106, 107. So just over 100. So they're lucky. Against the Hurricanes, it's 0.95, 0.875. They're very unlucky. And, and it's not to say that, uh, that that's just it. They're just unlucky. But you can see where the luck isn't paying off. Like in, in those, those split, not split, but like in those, those really close should have gone in goals, they would have buried those in any other game. They just didn't on that one. And that's why I'm not necessarily worried going into Game Three because I don't think they could be this snake bitten for an entire series. I just don't. Well, the reason I—I I never said worried. I said okay, nervous. sorry, nervous. My my so, nervous meter is only at the high <laughs> yellow and not the dark yellow. Yeah, exactly. There's a big difference, Mitch. Don't patronize me like that. <laughs> it's only a canary yellow, not a Simpsons yellow. Exactly. Okay. So, the reason why I'm nervous. Is because game three is a one million percent must win. You cannot go oh, down three yeah. up. No. You How cannot. many teams that came back from that? Three. Come back? Yeah. So when the Islanders were one. I yeah, they were. <laughs> back in like nineteen eighty something, right? Uh, it was a very, very long time ago against the Pittsburgh Penguins, oddly enough. But the point is you gotta get the you gotta win this game. And that makes me nervous. Uh, just naturally, as a fan, as a spectator, going into the game saying, okay, you can't lose, that makes me nervous. Because game one, I mean, obviously you would like to win that, but it, it, that's not so much. If you lose, you, you usually can be okay after that. Game two was a little bit closer to must win, but this is like cranking all the way up must win. Yeah, fair enough. I I think they win it. Uh, just just so I don't get pelters on Twitter or anything, the 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 year that they they won, or they they came back and won four games straight against the Penguins was in '75. Sorry, correcting myself, okay. it was not in the '80s. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a must win, for sure. But then again, we're used to that. That they they had must win games in November. Remember? Well, yeah. Who was it last year? Well, didn't Calvin DeHaan oddly enough say like it was a must win every night or just about every time they played it was a must win game. Sure, yeah. I, I'm i going to give you that one. I don't remember that one. I just remember Jordan Eberle being interviewed in like November, being like, so what do you think? Oh, it's a must-win game. Going, well, you're not necessarily wrong. Two points is, is what you want, but you don't lose the season in 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 November. You just don't. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a bit of a stretch, but not tomorrow night. Tomorrow night is a must-win game, and... Uh, yeah, that's why that's my feeling on after the first couple of games. A little, a little nervous. I agree with you that they haven't been playing terribly, but they're doing some dumb things that are costing themselves. The only one, the only thing that that you can blame is themselves. What dumb thing are they doing? Sorry, dumb thing makes it makes it seem like they're doing it on purpose. No, that's bad word choice by me. Okay, they. What I was trying to say is the only. They could only blame themselves for not fully executing. Yes. Okay. For instance, them being bad on the power play, them yeah. hitting a bunch of cross. Like yes, you say ah, oh, chuck that up to unlucky. But as an NHL player, you have to. Scott Mayfield has to bury that shot. One hundred percent. 
And one of Jordan Eberle or Ryan Pulak has to bury one of those shots. One hundred, yeah, I don't. I don't want to be like Jack Capuano here. Like, hey, we didn't get the pack lock. I don't. I don't know how his accent works, but you know, just picture me saying that with a mullet, and it works. Yeah. Um, and that's not. I. I want to say like they. They were just unlucky, and that's it. What I'm trying to say is exactly like you just said. They. They have to bury at least one of those chances. But on any other day, they do. And so that's why going into game three, I'm saying there's no way that this happens again. There's no way that they're going to do this three times in a row. They haven't technically lost. Air quotes here. It, three games in a row during the regular season. They've lost three, but one was, it was an overtime loss, so they still get a point for that. Right. So that's it's still a toss. Lie. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, they still go to overtime, so that means that they've played well enough to get that extra point. So I, I would expect the Islanders to be fine in game three. I would, ex- I, I don't say that they're going to win it, um, but they'll be better and they'll be in a position to win for sure, easily. Yeah, not, not I... Mean, yeah, easily, yes. What's giving me confidence is Barry Trotz, and I don't think he lets this get out of hand. I don't think this is going to be a short series. I think he no. gets the Islanders back in it. Is a 2-0 lead too much to overcome? We're going to have to wait and see. He just, I don't think so. No, I wouldn't be shocked if they came back and won this series, but obviously down 2-0 is not a good spot to be in, but... I think they go to Carolina and make this thing competitive. And it wouldn't shock me if they came back tied at, at two. Oh, yeah, easily. For sure. Um, now, there's a few other things that we put down on our running order in terms of like what's sinking the aisles. Uh, there's two there that I want to speak to. For, sure. First is the ice. Uh, uh, yeah, the, uh, the Barclays Center ice is pretty terrible. We've known this for years at this point. But I guess we forgot a little bit because they haven't played there in like three months. Have we also forgot that Carolina has terrible ice as well? That is very true. The Hurricanes are notorious for their bad ice. Like, didn't they have a game canceled last year or two years ago? Ooh. It was them in Detroit. The game was canceled because the ice was so bad. Like, the yes. Islanders never had a game canceled. So I don't remember what year that was, but that yes, that happened within the last couple of years. So, like, if we're worried about the ice being an issue, guess what? We're going to another barn with ice issues. And then you can say, yeah, but they, it's their ice. They know the, the kinks. That's not how ice works. Ice doesn't work that way. So no. both teams have to work with the bad ice. So yeah. If ice was the, really the issue for the Islanders, guess what? Your narrative of their, their switching should be better. Is it going to work? Because there's bad ice in Carolina. There absolutely is bad ice in Carolina. So I, And both both teams had to play on the ice. So I'm not necessarily blaming that for the reason why the Islanders lost. And I know the the other one that we want to talk about, and yeah. this I think is a super lame excuse. I don't like it at all, and that's the referees. Yeah. So why do we think that the referees are a reason that like? Because they're gonna say because the Anders Lee disallowed goal and the uh, Devontae's disallowed goal. Lee is. There's a case to be made there. That's a questionable one. I'll give you that. Taze, by no means, is that a goal that should have counted. And to me, the Islanders had so many opportunities in both games one and game two outside of those two plays to finish the game, and they didn't. So I don't. I think it's such a cop-out to say, oh, the referees cost them, or they're 0-2 right now because of the referees. When they had... Countless. I mean, I wrote the article right after the game, in game two. They had at least seven opportunities to bury a puck. Prime opportunities. And they didn't do it any of those times. <laughs> Not one. No. no. Don't get mad at me. Uh, you're No, you're, you're 100% correct. This isn't the referees doing. Yeah, the Anders Lee call, there's a case to be made there where like that was absolute garbage. Uh, the Devontae's one, like you can say, like sure, like that's not the spirit of the rule and, and maybe that that should count for something, but it doesn't because the rule is pretty clear. Uh, any kicking motion and it goes off a goalie doesn't count. Whether you're behind the net, on the other side of the rink, doesn't matter. Uh, which sucks, but that's just, that's just how it is. And it, the rest aren't a deciding factor. Um, in this series, not yet, anyways. So, not not like in other series, <laughs> definitely not. No. So, I, I all this to be said, I'm not worried about the Islanders. Okay, let's just go with that. Do they win tomorrow? Yes. Yeah, I agree. sorry, I, I wasn't that confident that you made me do it, and I said it anyways. <laughs> Dang it! 
Now as that's it comes a, back, ugh. that's what a good co-host does. They get yeah. you to open up, and give say the things you don't want to say. That's what I do, Mitch. I'm good at my job. Yes, you're good. Uh, want to get into some players who kind of need to get things going a little bit? Yeah, uh, I wrote something about three of them specifically, and obviously the first uh, question back was only three. And you know, there's a point <laughs> to be made there that sure, yeah, there's only three players that need to step up, but there there are a lot of players in this team that are doing well. Again, like look at those chances, Jordan Eberle, that chance he got in game two where he hit, hit the crossbar. Oh man, like that goes in. You're not saying we need more from Jordan Eberle. Um, same thing with Ryan Pulak. Um, but I really wanted to focus on the forwards because, like we just said at the top of the show, the one thing that's sinking the Islanders is goal scoring. They're not finishing. Um, they're, they're getting chances, but they've got to finish. And so the three that I mentioned were Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, and Anthony Beauvillier. And like for di- varying degrees, each all three need to step up. Okay. Um, Brock, I, I have you seen him? Do you know where he is? No, I it's haven't. Not, it's not February. He knows that, right? I would hope so. Usually he likes to come out when the sun's already. Like, tomorrow's going to be May. This is mm. prime vitamin D time, Mitch. Mm-hmm. He could be stockpiling on his vitamins. <laughs> so maybe that's just it. Maybe he's out there stockpiling too much. Or it was like, you know, it was a 3 o'clock game. And he's like, man, I'm missing some prime sun time. Um, we obviously joke. We don't. We don't know what the. He, he's playing good. Not. He's not even playing good defensively, because the Nino Nino Ryder goal shouldn't happen if if Brock was a solid playing solid defense. Um, and that's just it. He's not doing the two hundred foot game well recently, and that's been his bread and butter, ironically enough, this season. And so he needs to step up. He needs to do something either productively or have a really good defensive game. One. One of the two. He needs to be. Uh, accountable. I need to know that he's there because other, I, I just don't see him out there. No. And that line, too, the Kunakel-Nelson-Bailey mm. line, has been very pedestrian in the first two games. If we're to believe Andrew Gross's report, and it's not to say that he's potentially lying, it's just we never know when it comes to lineups. Uh, his his practice lineup had Del Cole in, in the Kunakel spot on line two. Yeah, I'm. I think we both agreed on that in the postgame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah, and so that's what Andrew Gross is seeing at practice. Who knows if Barry Trotz sticks with it come game time. But typically, he's he's been pretty good at sticking to what he's got at practice. So you'd be hard-pressed to and see otherwise. I think everyone knew that Kunakal on the second line wasn't a permanent solution, right? No. Well, some people thought he was. I've, I've seen some reports that he should be, not reports, but tweets and interactions. But I, I don't know. There's probably the same people saying that Greit should be playing. That, okay. That really bo- <laughs> that take really bothered me. Because if you think Robin Leonard is at fault for these two losses, I, I, don't, I really don't know what to say. Because of the three goals, you can say that one. maybe one. Yeah. And you can make the case for none, too. Yeah, you could you can argue that the Warren Fogel goal was just a really really good shot, and there's nothing Robin Leonard could have done. I'd argue differently, but if you're saying he's culpable for one goal, you could even argue two. You can successfully argue two, like the the overtime goal for on Jordan Stahl or Jordan Stahl's overtime goal in Game One. He got a piece of it. You know, typically the the saying goes, if you get a piece of it, you should have got all of it. Um, you can maybe argue that fine, but that's still one game per goal. That's not enough to lose a game. That shouldn't be enough to lose a game. No, you got to do more than half a goal per game over two games. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Um, so, yeah, Robin Leonard is not the issue. Uh, but that, that being said, coming back to our point with Tom Kunakel, no, Tom Kunakel was not a permanent solution on the second line and should never have been. Like, there's a reason this guy was scratched for a big part of the year. He's he's fine. He's good when you need him, but he's not good all the time. And so if you have to rely on him, you have problems. Right. I feel like he's a little bit streaky, too, when it comes to the scoring. Yeah, well, to, to be fair, they all are. It's just that when he's not scoring goals, he's not really giving you much. Yeah, that's true. That's why I like him as like a 13th forward, essentially what he was the entirety of this year. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's, I, it's not to like say like hey, he's not a good hockey player. He's obviously a good hockey player, relatively speaking, like relative to me. Um, he's obviously way better than I am. 
but it's just when it's relative to the other players in the NHL, he's not that great. Um, he could probably fit on the fourth line, and it seems like that's what they're going to do. He's going to sit in the Cal Clutterbuck spot, which makes total sense. That seems like a one-for-one yep. swap right there. But a one-for-one for top six, that's not that's no. not a fair trade. And you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I was going to say Sorry. that on, on most teams, he is a perfectly fine fourth-line player. Yeah, absolutely. Th- that being said, Michael Dalcole, is he a top six player? Mm. No, I would say probably third line. Exactly, but he's going to get second line minutes. But you know that—that's what happens. He—he's got more offensive upside than Tom Kunakel does. Yeah, he does, and he gives a line something different. Like Tom Kunakel isn't going to be um, that net front presence type of guy, whereas Michael Dalcole will be. Yeah, now, do, do they need two Anders Lees? No. No, and I think even Lee and Del Cole are a little bit different in their game too. But I, I'm yeah, curious true. to see what he can do with Nelson and, and Bailey because of those three, Bailey's kind of the one who could move the puck around a little bit. Nelson is the shooter, and Del Cole is the bigger guy on that line. So as as a three-person forward unit, it kind of makes sense putting those three guys together. So yeah. I, I think... You know, we kind of figured this was coming eventually, right? Right. So with that, like we were talking about Brock Nelson, we got to talking about Tom Kunakel. Uh, but yeah, Brock Nelson has been MIA for the last two games. He needs to step up. And then you mentioned Josh Bailey. That's another guy to me, just isn't doing enough in the, in this series. He's been real weak on the puck. Like there's a couple of instances where he's carrying the puck out of the offensive zone and it just gets stripped of it right quick. Or he's making a play on the blue line to keep the puck out and just doesn't work he tries to dump it and it just gets intercepted easily because he's just not dumping it with any sort of conviction whatsoever uh, and then going forward he's not giving them anything it, like we, we've listed a number of players who had good opportunities none of those players was Josh Bailey no and there's one play in particular too I, I don't know who sent it around but uh, he was trying to keep the puck in the zone and he was right on the blue line up against the boards and it looked like it was coming to him. He was going to stop it and just like went right by him. Yeah. That was rough. I remember that. That's rough. Uh, there's also just a play. So when NBC was having its uh, its tomfoolery with the cameras, there was, to be fair, one nice view of when they are on the power play. And you can see the openings on the ice because of the way the camera was. You can see how the players were leaving gaps and seams. And Josh Bailey in the half wall on the right wall had a perfect seam going right through to Matthew Barzell on the other side and never made that pass. He's just not – his decision-making process on the on the wall just isn't there. It, it's, it's fine if he's getting the shot or he's got someone close to him to make that close pass, but I don't think he trusts himself enough to get that pass over there quick enough or crisp enough to make it to, – to, to, to do it. And so he doesn't actually make that pass. And that's a huge – Huge problem when you got a power play that already isn't very efficient that can't make a cross seam pass or a cross ice pass in the offensive zone because the guy on the wall doesn't trust himself. I'm assuming, obviously, this is me projecting here, right? But that that's what I'm seeing, and that's that's a problem because now you've you've rendered yourself effectiveless going through in transition, which is a, is a huge play for any NHL team, and then you've not rendered yourself effectiveless, but you've rendered yourself fifty percent effectiveless on the power play that is already like this is what. 16 if not less percent efficient that's a problem yeah it is especially like you brought up how ineffective the power play is and for guys to be out there struggling the way that they are getting big power play minutes it's only a wonder why they aren't able to produce anything on the man advantage yeah, so like something's Bailey's also MIA he was real good in, in the Pittsburgh series uh, so the entire team was uh, maybe we're not talking about this if they're putting up points, although like none of these guys, again, were really on, on any creating end or on any end of any play that looked like it should have been a scoring opportunity. So I'm not so sure about that one. Right. So last one is Anthony Beauvillier for obvious reasons. Bo's done nothing. He's got beautiful chances and has buried exactly, uh, let me check my math, a zero. Absolutely yeah. none. What? The bleep. That's just the thing, right? Like, how many perfect chances are you going to get set up with and just either completely whiff or not get a shot on net? 
Like yeah. I, I understand being a younger player and struggling this year, but listen, man, at, at this point, you're this is your third year in the NHL. You got to start figuring this out. I'm sorry that you're 21 years old, or is he 22 yet? God knows. But Probably, yeah. You you got to figure it out, man. This is the playoffs. Like you got to get going. Put on your big boy pants and figure it out. Like, yes, you're still young. Absolutely. And you're still finding your way through the NHL. But you need to find it quick because, yeah, you're right. The season's almost over. Um, he's just... I thought that they'd put him up on that third on that second line with Bailey and Brock. Because he's getting his opportunities. He's finding spaces. There's how many times he's found himself open in the slot. There's only so many times he's not going to bury those chances. Get him someone who can get the puck to him quicker, maybe, or find him more frequently, and maybe you you get you get him converting at, at least maybe for one game, maybe. But maybe. he's been absolutely MIA this year. Well, not MIA. He's been there. It's just been frustrating to watch because he's getting chances that other players aren't getting, and he's not burying them. He's not even coming close. Right. That's that's exactly it. Is he's getting his chances? He's just not doing anything with it. Yeah. Exactly. I would have I agree with you on the Nelson one, but I would go with two other players. Okay. Instead. Are you are we talking just strictly forwards or are we going strictly the entire team? Okay, cuz I had I I thought you'd go defense. I ha- I have one on D, but anyways, who do you have? Okay. My first is Anders Lee. Oh, wow. Okay. Big Anders Lee guy, but so far the only goal that he has in the playoffs is an empty net goal in game from game 3 of That's the true. first round. He yes, he had that opportunity in front with time winding down on the oh, backhand. He God, nets that, that nine times out of ten. And honestly, the Islanders needed him to net that puck somehow, some way. Find a way to get your stick on it and, and get it in the net. Yeah, he did. He did. He just didn't get it right. And he, sh- like you said, nine times out of ten he gets that. So you're right. Like that. That should have gone in. They need him to go on one of his tears where he scores like four goals in five games like th- yeah. that's what they I don't know in the in the first series I thought he was a little bit better even though he only had that one empty net goal but they just need that beast Anders Lee back where he's just gonna be in front of the net and getting tipping pucks and stuff like that because I haven't noticed that as much in the playoffs yeah that's absolutely fair you're right like he's got the C on a chest for a reason um you know, activate it or something. I don't know if he needs to tap it twice or call Denny and be like, Denny, what do I do? Do I need to touch it twice to like turn myself into beast mode or something? Is that how this works? Because um, he, he, he needs he needs to show up. You're right. Do something. Big hit. Um, you're right. Battling in front of the net. Just just taking a bunch of damage. And I'm saying damage like liberally here. I don't want him to get hurt, obviously. But, you know, taking like some damage to what you do in the playoffs. That's what happens. Um, and just causing havoc in front of what's going to be Curtis McElhaney. Like, yeah, let's be honest. It's, it's, this is a backup they're facing. Huge opportunity because like you said, yes, he was good in relief in game two, but this is a backup goalie. Got to take advantage in game three. Get yourself right back in the series. Yeah, like this is an opportunity for them and an opportunity they have to take. And you're right. Anders Lee's got to step up. Okay, um, number two. And my other one, I know you're not going to like it, but I'm going to say it and then I'll explain. Okay. Sizikis. Oh, come on. Really? Not for his defensive play. It's Just never in- for his defensive play, but all right. Because Shoot your shot. <laughs> Relax, tough guy. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's because offensively throughout the year, he was the guy who would score that clutch goal when the Islanders really needed one, and he hasn't given the Islanders that same offensive presence. That Really, the whole fourth line hasn't. They've been good in the fourth line's game, i.e., hitting and forechecking and play in their own end on the penalty kill, stuff like that. But I'm, I'm waiting for the big Casey Zekas goal. And we six games in, haven't had one. Five, yeah, six games in. Mino likey. And I don't like, I don't like it for a specific reason. It just, it makes me think of work. Uh, whereas you, you start showing people, you know how to do conditional formatting in Excel and they go, oh my God, he's a wizard. Did you see this? He can conditional for they turn colors, and then people think you're some sort of magician when it comes to Excel. When you're like, no, I I just use a preloaded, already existing 
just button. It's right there. It's right in your face. It's the first thing you see. It's right at eye level. And they go like, oh, their mind is melting. And then because they do that, now they expect more from you. Now they go like, okay, well, you've done that. Now I expect you to do that and more. Why can't my Excel document, you know, like, I don't know, send a rocket to the moon with just a click of a button? And you're going, well, it's a lot harder than that. That's not necessarily what I did. And that's not necessarily what I'm doing. And so I feel like we had this unnecessary expectation of Sezikis because he put up 20 goals. Yeah, he put up 20 goals. That's fantastic. But like his role still remains the same. And what he's doing with that role is still really efficient and really effective. Like They still trust him. They still rely on him defensively. And there's a reason that the Islanders have only given up three goals this season or this, this second round. And it's not just because the case is Sezikis. It's because they're still playing good hockey. It's just... They should be ahead because their forwards that are trusted for productivity and offense haven't contributed. The guys that are supposed to be putting up the big points aren't. So I don't, I don't, I reject the cases Zegas argument. But you can make it okay. if you want. Obviously, so you did. You're like you're okay with seventy five percent Zegas. I'm. I don't. And you're even mad at me because I want the hundred percent. I'm. I'm saying I'm getting a hundred percent Zegas. Um, I'm just saying that the 100% Sezikis isn't the 100% Sezikis you think it is. So my expectations our, our are too idea high. Of, of what Sezikis is supposed to do is different. I'm sorry that I think more highly of Casey Sezikis than you, and my expectations <laughs> are higher, Mitch. I thought jerk. you were such a big Casey Sezikis fan. Where's your Carolina Sheesh. Hurricanes jersey, you jerk? <laughs> oh. Anyways. That's um, fine. Quickly, on, on defense, defense, Nick Letty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where, where's the milk carton for Nick Letty? Because I, I have I don't know where he is. He grew his beard out. Mine. Look at this. Look at the patchiness on this thing. Mm. That's rough, buddy. So it's so rough. Right, right in the middle there. It's like a finger there. This one's even worse. This right side. Oh, that's yeah. one. That one's bad. This is like twenty days worth of gross or whatever it's been. I I couldn't make it. I I shaved in between series. Weak. I read up online. That's what you can do. What do you mean? Like just you keep shaving? No, the, the, uh, that you're allowed to shave in between series. Oh, okay, whatever. I just kept it going. I got I got some nice balm, so I'm past the itchy stage now where I'm, I'm trying to get into the... Anyways, uh, Nick Letty, where is he? I haven't seen him in a couple of games. What is he doing? I'm not entirely sure. And do you think anything has to do with Johnny Boychuk being out too, or, or no? Because I'm leaning towards no with... Because yeah. I don't think he was that good in the Pittsburgh series either. He was fine in the Pittsburgh series. You saw more of him. He was doing that Nick Letty stuff. Um, but in this this latest series, I have not noticed him as frequently. Um, I don't know when he's out there. And it could be because he doesn't have Johnny Boychuk. He's got Thomas Hickey on his wing. Like, that's not really a one-for-one sub. And I, I, I would say that Scott Mayfield should be the guy. But it's clear that Barry Trotz doesn't want to break up Mayfield Taves. Yeah, and I can't necessarily blame him for it. Yeah. So, but so it's Nick Letty's detriment, it seems. Yeah. But so yeah, that that's who I'm saying is MIA on the defense, and who needs to step up. Like we need to see vintage Nick Letty make runs from blue line to blue line, or from zone to zone, get the puck in deep, and then just just get the puck on net. He needs to do that a little bit more frequently, and hopefully he can. Yes, I hope agree. Hopefully that. They are able to do just that. Um, would you like to move on and talk about the Bridgeport Sound Tigers as their season came to a close? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so unfortunately, the Sound Tigers lost Game 5, so they are out of the playoffs. But we did have some interesting performances from some uh, big-time names in the system. Yep, yeah, Oliver Wallstrom was tied for the lead in on the team in points with four and five games. That's right. He had two goals and two assists in the five games. He had himself a nice little series. And so did Kiefer Bellows. He had three points, two goals, and an assist in the playoffs. Yeah. Josh Hosang, Sebastiano had two points. Otto Koivula had two points. Um, so, like, the names that we're looking for, you know, sure, Matt Larido scored four points. I forget who the heck Matt Larido is. I don't even know where he comes from. I just clicked on his name to see like where the heck did he come from? Albany Devils. I guess he was in the Albany in the, the New Jersey system, and they signed him over. I suppose. 
I don't know why. I don't know what happened with him, but like he's got a long rap sheet here from the AHL. So, anyways, more to learn from Matt Larido, I suppose. Uh, anyways, he had four points, so good, good job by him. But so did Wallstrom, and that's the guy that we've all been focusing on because he had that rough start with Boston Cent- uh, Boston College, right where he put up like eighteen points. I'm going to say, I, I'm you're pretty damn close. That sounds about right. It was something like that. I don't have his hockey DBK page open. I'm sure I could open it here, um, but it wasn't what we expected when he joined um, Boston. I keep wanting to say Boston Central for some reason. Uh, Boston College. Uh, so we thought, you know, we heard that he was having a rough time. He wasn't committed. He wasn't um, playing 100. percent And then we were I, like, mm, should we I wasn't worry buying about that? Into that. I, I didn't know all year long, and the reason for that is, and I'll always go back to this, because just a couple of years ago, we saw the same thing with Kiefer Bellows at BU. I just don't think, like, the NCAA, that's not a scoring league. You don't often see people putting up big points in, in college. Yeah, but they were making comments, they being scouts, about his uh, behavior on and off the ice. That was the worrying part. The, the production obviously worried. He had 19 points, sorry, in 36 games. You know, not great, but it was it was the signs off the ice where, where they were saying, well, he's not really kind of seeming up for it. And I, I think a guy like this, NCAA just isn't it isn't the thing for him. This is a hockey, what, what I'm going to say, like a hockey nerd. Um, it, maybe not a hockey nerd. Maybe like a hockey junkie. He needs to be playing like every other day. He can't like take a week off and go to classes. Uh, that's just not his thing. Like school isn't for everyone. Let, let's you know it's it's just not. It's not to say that he's dumb. That has nothing to do with intellect. It has everything to do with your your aspirations as a person. And his aspirations aren't necessarily to get a degree in let's say economics. I don't know what he was studying. Uh, it's to play hockey at the highest level possible. Uh, and he just wasn't committed to playing thirty six games in a season. That's half like half of what they play at the AHL. Yeah. So like he just he he needs to be fully involved in hockey. And we saw that the second he came to Bridgeport. Right. And sorry, I was just gonna Go say I, yep. I was I was glad to see him producing in the five regular season games and in his five playoff games because that's the Oliver Wallstrom that we know and that he can be. He can be a prolific scorer. He can be someone that provides a quality right-handed shot. And the I mean, the Islanders desperately need that because mm-hmm. realistically, their true right winger on the <laughs> roster, the only one outside, like, signed after this year is Kyle Clutterbuck. Oh, Ever- <laughs> that's right. I thought you were just going to say Jordan Everly, but yes, not, you're yeah, right. But Everly's a UFA after this yeah. year. Because Bailey plays the position, but he's a lefty. A lefty. He's more of a left wing. He does a fine job on the right side, but he's a left winger. Yep. Komarov, who the hell knows what Leo Komarov is, but center, <laughs> lefty, left winger, right winger. He plays on the right side. Yeah. Just, so, yeah, they need him. And so to see him put up, what, 10 points or seven points in 10 games, including five playoff games. All right. You know, that's something. That's something to hang your head on going into next season saying, I think this kid will be fine um, because he's going to be playing hockey full time. And that's what we want to see from him. Do you think he plays in Bridgeport next year? Is he yes. That's where he ends up? Yeah, I think so. I hope so, because that's the closest step to the Islanders. Well, so like they, they could do whatever they want with him. Well, not whatever they want, but they could say, like, no, we don't want to keep you in Bridgeport. Although they already signed him. Well, no, they signed him to his ELC, so that just means he's on the books. They could still send him to the ECHL or even overseas if they want. Uh, you know, find him somewhere to play overseas. But he's... He's shown, I think, enough here where they're going to keep him around and they're going to want to keep him around because if you know push comes to shove and they need someone in the top six, they'll want to call him up. They'll want to keep close tabs on Oliver Wallstrom. So there's there's no reason he's not in Bridgeport next season. You got to think that he would be the first one to get the call, right? If there was an injury to the top six, it depends on who's still there. Okay. Right, like I would imagine Kiefer Bellows probably outranks him. Okay. Just, you, you might be able to convince me. Just because of the Lou, the Lou idiom of saying it's it's never too late to bring someone up, but it's always it could be always be too early or what? I, I'd rather bring someone up early. Sorry, I'd rather bring someone up too God, late than why? too early. Yes, thank you. I don't know why I couldn't wrap my dumb brain around that. It's okay. It takes two of us sometimes. <laughs> it takes two of us. 
We can make it if my chair. Oh my god! Do you hear that? Yes, I do hear that. It sounds like it has osteoporosis, like just <laughs> creaking and cracking every uh-huh. two seconds. You might need to invest in a new podcast chair. <laughs> I think I need a new chair. Oh boy. Uh, Anyways, for, I was specifically with Wallstrom. I was really happy to see that, and same with Bellows, just because he kind of struggled in his first full year in the AHL. Yeah, it took him a while to find his groove. But now that he's got it, um, I'm I'm glad that he's. He, I think he'll still stay in the AHL next season, uh, which may not he may not like. But you know he only had 19 points this year. That's just not right. And nothing to write home about. If he starts strong next year, there's a chance that he gets the call up halfway through the year. Yeah, that's true. So that's fine, right? Like yeah, if, absolutely. For instance, like if Anthony Beauvillier gets off to another bad start next year you think they probably give Kiefer Bellows a call I, I would think so you would hope so but like what do you do with Bo because at this Trash. point he's yeah I guess so maybe depends it depends we'll, we'll have to see what the roster's like I would imagine they already have it filled up with like a Lucas Spiza type player yeah or okay, two we're we're getting way ahead of ourselves here but yeah the point is it was good to see guys like Wallstrom and Bellows and Koivula put up some nice numbers in the playoffs yeah, uh, I, I just we're talking about prospects quickly, and I, I just want to get to a few more prospects before we have to um, get to our social segment. Okay. Uh, first one is Arnaud Durando. Uh, he's playing out in Halifax, and he's going to be in the. Um, sorry, Arnaud Durando. Does that okay, make more th- sense? Thank you. <laughs> Uh, he was our sixth round pick in 2017. He put up 73 points in 68 games for the Halifax Moosehead. He's going to be playing in the uh, the Calder Cup trophy for the CHL, the Canadian Hockey League. Okay. And so will Noah Dobson, who uh, was Hawaiian Naranda. That's where my mom's from. Um, Huskies, he put up 36 points in 28 games with them. So that's going to be his second trip to the Memorial Cup. Good Sorry, I called it. I called it the Calder Cup. It's the Memorial Cup. Yeah, Mem- uh, Calder Cup is uh, is the AHL. Yeah, uh, he won it last year. Remind you with the Acadie Bathurst Titans. So he could that's potentially right. win back to back Memorial trophies. Good. On so him. that's huge. And then there's one last one. I don't know what his stats are. So this is this is just me hitting like the the luck wheel or whatever. I feel lucky on Bodie Wild. What do you think he ended the season with? I don't know why it's not coming up here. How many games did he play? He played 62 games. 49? 70. He was over a point per game? He had 19 goals, 51 assists with the Saginaw Spirit. Okay. He ended the season a lot stronger than I thought. For some reason, I thought he tailed off in the second half of the, of the season, but I was way off. Maybe. He put up only nine points in 17 playoff games. It's still good. Like That's not bad. It's just not point yeah. per game. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So there's some depth not only in like the immediate Isles pipeline, but in like the secondary pipeline. So yeah. whew, love that. Some quality Erware. Yes. Which could help in the trade market too. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Absolutely. So with that, do you want to get into the social segment now? Sure. Well, yes. Yeah, so there's nowhere else to go. <laughs> okay. That, that was great, Mitch. <laughs> well, I was like, uh, well, yeah. I, what am I going to answer? No. Let us continue talking about prospects and go down the pipeline. <laughs> okay. So do you have anything that you wanted to share for the social segments to get us started? Um, Sean Avery was an idiot again. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I... How do I put this lately? Hate his guts. I can't stand Sean Avery. And uh, he was heckling an Islanders fan for no reason. You want to talk about the video? Yeah. Can you tell me what he said? Because I didn't watch it because I refused to watch anything with Sean Avery in it. I just know that it, it irked people the wrong way. I saw it. The the, the audio wouldn't play. So I'm, I'm glad about that. Uh, and I just I saw it and I, was, I realized it was Sean Avery. I only saw that it was an island, someone with an Islanders jersey. I didn't yeah. know who was. Anyways. And then I saw. Uh, anyways. Uh, stupid he just had a. In his hand. I don't I don't remember the full comment. He said something about it was poking fun at the jersey that he was wearing, saying about the Islanders are bad or that they're going to lose or something to that effect. Again, I don't remember the exact quote. And it, he was but, wearing a Sezikis jersey, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. And then the guy, like the Islanders fan, couldn't have been nicer to him. He was like, "Oh, hey, man, like nice to meet you and stuff like that." As Avery is just like 
chirping him and he's like, have a nice day or something like that. <laughs> Killing him with kindness. Yeah, it was fantastic. Oh, what a he, DB. I... That would have been bad. If if I was the one in the jersey and I realized there was Sean Avery filming me, whew, that would have been a viral moment. Mitch. Yeah, that would have been like, whoop, sorry, not today, smoke in the hands. Who shakes someone's hand when he's got a cigarette in it? Like, I obviously not, not saying the Islander fan shouldn't have shook his hand, but like, take your cigarette out of your dumb hand and shake the person's hand like a real person, you big dumb idiot. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with him. I can't stand him. Yeah, so that obviously isn't great, but you know, whatever. It's Sean Avery, what do we expect? Uh, do you yeah. have anything, anything for the social segment? Yes, it's uh, Barry. Barry Brian Compton tweeted this out about Barry Trotz, um, and it was his message to the Islanders this morning, and this was from yesterday. Sorry, so yesterday morning, okay. he said, "We're going to Carolina to win two games, plain and simple." Okay, yeah, that's that is pretty plain and simple. How do, how do you feel about that? Do you think it's putting too much pressure on him? Do you think it's the right attitude to have? Is it is it a guarantee? Is it what is this here, dude? At the start of the season, he said you're going to have to go through the bleeping aisle or island aisle aisle. Why did I say that? You have to go through the bleeping island. Um, and at that point, we had no idea if the islands were any good yet. So, like, the guy just exudes confidence because if you exude confidence, others will as well. So you might as – you have to. Coach is going to coach. I love it. I think this is the exact mindset you have to have. You have to go in there and say, we're going to come and we're going to win. Now, you don't have to say – I put the G word in there. I guarantee that we win. But yes. you have to go in with that mindset that you are going to win. And you got to take it one shift, one period, one game at a time. And <laughs> win game three – you're much better shape from there. Then go after it in game four. I just laugh because there, there's the when I stream movies, there's a, it's usually there's an ad for one X bet on it, and they do the same thing: one game, one strike, one power, one X bet. And I just saw the ad in my head when you were <laughs> going through your one thing. Okay, <laughs> well, there you go. I'm a pirate, yar. Uh, and did you see Robin Leonard said essentially the same thing? No, I did not see that. What did he say? Uh, give me a second. I want to get his exact quote. Here. I thought I followed him, but I, I, I may or may not. My my Twitter habits aren't great. I, I'm A-OK on Twitter. I could be better. Um, maybe once I sit on my computer all day, I'll be able to do that. But I can't do it at work. I have to like click between them to like make it look like I'm working. <laughs> Understandable. We, we're all there. We all do uh, that, yeah. He said, we're going to go in and we're going to win in their building. There's no ifs, ends. There's no ifs and buts about it. Yeah, like that's that's the mindset you have to have. Again, you're not Mark Messier going in like we're going to win game six. Or was it oh, game seven? I thought it was mm-hmm. game six. And then he did the hat trick in game seven. Or something stupid. Anyways, the New York Rangers, they suck. Um <laughs> So it's not a guarantee, but it's confidence. Is it stupid confidence? No, they were the better team across both games. They were the better team, and they didn't come up ahead for no good reason than they just didn't. It wasn't their day on both occasions. The Carolina Hurricanes did nothing special to stop the Islanders. Um, they had, again, 21 high-danger chances. Do you know how many high-danger chances the Carolina Hurricanes had across those two games? Uh, Twelve. Six. Oh, Twelve. Way low. Okay. They had 12 across both games. The Islanders almost doubled them in high danger chances for this is only five on five. It's not even all situations, just five on five. So like the Islanders were a really good team and arguably, not even arguably, the better team. They didn't come away with the wins because it's hockey. That Hockey will do that to you. It will. Just happens sometimes. Um, they just got to, you know, maybe not clench your sticks a little bit harder. You know, Scott Mayfield probably could have got that, but... It's Scott Mayfield. Like, what do you expect? Like, the, the when we we saw what is it? Adam Pellick have that like sitter right up front last season. Yeah, I see you can shake your head already. You're seeing it in your mind. Um, mm. He's not a goal scorer. The guy, the guy's a passer. He just his natural inclination is I got to pass it and not shoot it. So like that happens. The Islanders can absolutely feasibly go into their barn and steal two from them easily. I believe that, and I hope they do. 
and make it a lot more fun for us. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's extend this season a little bit more, please. Yes, keep this train rolling. Yep. Any, anything else for the social segment? I'm trying to see if anything. Uh, if you want to get a bunch of New York people on your timeline, uh, so if you're, you're trying to look looking or you're trying to get more Twitter interactions, just say you're going to do something to your pizza and it's going to get them all huffity and puffity. My God, it's, you guys and your pizza, pizza and bagels. I think are the things that we pride the most, take the most pride in. Yeah, I, I realize that. Man, it's just it's kind of insane. Is there any other food group that I should like stay away from? And so that I don't anger all of my New York followers. No, Do you have like some fascination to sushi or sushi or something? No, I would say they probably do that the best in Japan, but bagels and pizza best in New York. Okay, fair enough. All right, good. You get. I'm not going to tell you how to do your maple syrup or <laughs> poutine. What other ways there to make maple syrup? You tap a tree, put it in, boil it, and there you go. I don't know. Well, in New York, what we like to do is reduce it and put some cherries in it because we're a bunch of dope heads. No, like no one does that. It's just you, you take it out of the tree, you boil it, you turn it into some syrup, and you enjoy that delicious delicious nectar of the gods. There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. So uh, with that, we're going to get some plugs in here before we wrap up this episode. So wherever you are listening to, please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us out and will allow us to make even more content for you. We appreciate all the love and the support and all the listeners that we've been getting lately. We really appreciate it. And once the season ends, don't go anywhere because we're still going to make content each and every week. So 365 days a year, baby, you're getting eye on this content. So be on the lookout for that. As for our social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You good? Oh, I, I have something to add after this, after you're okay. done reading through this. It's just insane. Insane. All right. Facebook is facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Make sure to download the app if you don't have it already, the Eyes on Isles app available for iPhone or Android. And, of course, you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. Hit me, Mitch. Uh, Brad Marchand, good old playoff hero, Brad Marchand. There's a scrum in front of the uh, Columbus uh, goal. I guess Bobrovsky made a stop, and they're all humming and hawing. And there's a... I don't know who it is. It's a Columbus player. It's just on his knees looking at the goalie. Brad Marchand comes from behind him and just pop, pops him behind the head. Full on knocks him. And I just saw the video. What? He's, he's like, no one's even around Marchand. He just walks up to him, pops him in the head and skates away. What is he What is, is the, he thinking? He is on the Mount Rushmore of most hated hockey players. For me. Such a rat. Oh my god. I don't did they even win that game? No, they lost Columbus 1-2-1. So like, oh god, stupid Brad Marchand. Maybe that's why he lost. Does he get lost? Does he get suspended? I think he gets suspended. He gets a game for that easily. He got suspended last year in the playoffs, no? Or was that 2 years ago? <laughs> Who knows? It's always it every it's, year. He gets suspended all he, the time. He does something dumb every year. This is at least as stupid as licking someone. But it's like, what are you? What are you thinking? Why did you even do that? Why did you sit? He's like, he had to sit there, simmer with his emotions. You'd be like, "Stecalis, le jeu pété d'ayel," you know, because he's French. Hmm. And then he's just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this," and he just walks up and poof. The guy had his back to him, and he was on his knees. Yeah, it's a definition of a soccer punch. Oh, easily, and it's not even like he wrapped around and like tried to hit him in the face. No, no, just straight up in the back. And it wasn't like some love tap. It was like a, a boom pop a nice little jab unbelievable that guy oh, i can't believe he's it. a he's a punk he is a punk there are other words used here but uh, i will not repeat them no we're going to stick with punk on this family friendly show yes so with that make sure to tune in again next week we'll be talking islanders hockey hopefully they get themselves back in this series that's what we're hoping for yep and that'll do it for us once again i am matt o'leary he's mitch anderson we'll talk to you next time
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.